Hey, it's Aaron. We've been doing the dispatch for a minute now, and we'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at Outline Dispatch, or you can hit me up directly at Aaron M. Edwards. You can email me a Beyonce gif or something and say hello, too. I'm Aaron at TheOutline.com. Two bays. The Outline World Dispatch. It's Thursday, February 8th, 2018. I'm Aaron Edwards. Today, we're trying to find the perfect wave. If I start riding these things, am I still a surfer? Let's get right into it. The future. How did you come across this story, by the way? I'm just curious. So I'm I'm a lifelong surfer. I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, and my father was um, semi-professional uh, when he was growing up, when his uh, his late teens and early twenties. And Aaron Colton is a PhD candidate in English at the University of Virginia. You know, I spent uh, spent much of my childhood getting shaken out of bed at six in the morning, and then driving half an hour up the coast to search for waves at dawn. Um, when the video of this wave pool broke in late 2015, it was just a bolt of lightning through the surf world, and everybody had to pick their collective jaws up. Future Classic is about to get started once again. We had a beautiful round one. This is just a magical day. I can't believe it. Every single wave is so much fun and challenging and nerve-wracking. She nose rides her way out with that Cheater 5. Tell me about Lemoore, California. It's near Fresno. It's in the San Joaquin Valley, which is sort of a stripe right through the center of California. And it is an agricultural epicenter. The Kelly Slater Wave Company is a venture that was founded by Kelly Slater, who is the 11-time world champion of surfing. You know, what what surfing has as an equivalent to Michael Jordan, to Roger Federer, to Serena Williams. Um, Yeah, what is a a wave pool? Like, basic definition of, like, what a wave pool is. Wave pools have been around for a 100 years, depending on how you define them. What this um, artificial wave system is, is a 700-meter pool atop which contraption that looks kind of like a shipping container. It looks kind of like an Amtrak car, and it sits atop two rails that um, trace the pool's long edge. We wanted to make like uh, sort of an elite-level wave and scale back. You can always scale it back. What's the difference between these artificial waves and, you know, quote-unquote, real waves in the ocean? Well, I mean, that is, that is essentially the question that um, has consumed the surf world um, for the last two years, at least. And, um, you know, the first, first place we might go is, what does the wave actually look like? And unlike waves in the real world, which break over sandbars, which break over reefs, which break up um, along the line of points that stick out in the ocean. Um, those waves will all have different intricacies or idiosyncrasies. You know, a wave will hit an irregularly shallow spot on a reef and a boil will go up its surface or the tide won't quite be right and backwash will sort of make the wave get this weird warble that a rider will have to negotiate. The waves that you find um, in Lemoore are geometrically perfect. They break, and they break at essentially the same speed and the same shape 
for what seems like about a minute, maybe even a minute and 10 seconds. So when a surfer looks at one of these waves, it's, I mean, thrilling in terms of what the ride might actually feel like. But it's also, I would say, an aesthetic experience. It's just a marvelous sight to behold because a wave that looks like this, if it appears in nature, appears so rarely. And something so perfect and so exact may never have occurred in nature whatsoever. As an outsider to surfing, I don't really know a lot about the mechanics of, of it, but it would seem like to me that the inherent controversy of this is that when you're making fake waves, it takes away from the authenticity of, you know, riding a real wave out, out in the real world. Do people believe that these waves are real? Is that really the question to, to ask about them? And, you know, how's that playing out? Right. So this is, this is what, um, you know, has confused surfers so much is, you know, are these waves, you know, quote unquote, natural in any way? You know, um, Matt Warshaw, who, you know, is one of the few people in the world who has the job title of surf historian, um, wrote a piece that I found really influential in writing my own about surfing's existential crisis, where he wondered, if I start riding these things, am I still a surfer? Because so much of surfing is the kind of things that you do apart from riding waves. Or, you know, it's organizing your life so that when the conditions come together, you can cut work and go surfing. But when a perfect wave is available at any moment, you know, for let's say $20 a pop, you know, Warshaw wonders, am I still a surfer if I no longer am, you know, undertaking these daily practices? Um, what, what I found was missing in this conversation, though, was the fact that regardless of whether or not one is still a surfer or if these count as waves, is that today, you know, surfers are pretty much in uniform agreement that they want to surf this thing. It is just so desirable a sight and so intoxicating that even, you know, the harshest critics of artificial waves, if given the opportunity, would get on a plane to the Central Valley and go surf this thing in a heartbeat. Would this technology open up surfing to a wider community? I mean, I... I don't think I'm going to be surfing anytime soon, but for someone who... Oh, come on, I'll take you. <laughs> um, but for someone who is just looking at this as, you know, you know, how do you even start with, with, a, with a sport like this? And, or even for leisure, you know, would this kind of technology open it up for other people who might not normally think of themselves as someone who could just, you know, jump into it and try? Yeah, so, you know, that actually gets us into some really interesting territory because, you know, one of the, you know, Great, you know, surfing is thrilling and exhilarating, but and it's we should be eager to make that experience open to as many people as possible. But one of the biggest complaints from surfers is about crowd size because when you go out surfing, if there are a hundred people out in the water and you're you know theoretically waiting your turn, it's going to be a long time before you catch a wave. So there is a fear that if this technology, you know, allows more people to get introduced to the sport, then our lineups in the ocean itself will become more crowded. And, you know, there, there are sort of, as I see it, two, two ways to understand, like, the democratizing potential of the surf ranch. And, you know, on the one hand, because 
crowded spots um, is such a problem for surfing, oftentimes surfers will be aggressive and they'll be violent. And, you know, this is probably worst in, you know, the late 80s, the 90s, and maybe the early 2000s. But, you know, it can be, it can be a really aggressive scene to be a surfer in some parts of the world where people are territorial about their breaks. But I wonder if, you know, more surfers experience the surf ranch and, you know, we're in a situation where waiting in line wasn't just good manners, but was actually mandatory whether that might have a positive effect on the surfing experience in the ocean. But then on the other hand, you know, we might wonder if surfers begin surfing in a pool where the etiquette is preset and they wait in line and they catch their wave and then they do it over again, is it going to be absolute chaos when these surfers transition into the ocean and get into, you know, a more free flowing situation where the rules are less stable? Aaron Colton is a PhD candidate in English at the University of Virginia. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Today you heard from Aaron Colton. If you want to read his story, head over to theoutline.com. We're produced by James T. Green. Hope you have a great Thursday. I'm Aaron Edwards. I'll leave you with a quote from Nicki Minaj. Shake my head, yo, I'm mad. Ain't a bitch in my zone. In the middle of nowhere, I just feel so alone. Got the certification, cause it come with the stone. But this ice is so cold, it should come on a cone. <laughs>